Once again, happy Easter. It's good to worship him. We have a reason to celebrate today, amen? You know, today around the world, billions of people are gathering to, to remember and celebrate the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, yesterday morning, my son Nate, who uh, I think he's here. Hey, Nate. He's four years old. He woke up and he, he ran downstairs and he told his grandparents uh, hi and they, they told him, hey, Nate, happy Easter. And his response was, what? It's Easter? Hooray for me. That's what he said. Hooray for me. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I hope that you all have that attitude this morning that, hey, today is Easter. Hooray for me. And uh, Jesus is risen. Hooray for me. The sting of death has been defeated. Hooray for me. Let's go ahead and pray as we, as we get into God's word. Heavenly Father, as we, as we turn to your word to contemplate the significance of all that happened when you raised your son Jesus from the dead, Lord, we pray that you just give us insight by your spirit. Lord, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts. We pray that you'd speak to those concrete situations in our lives, Lord. And that your resurrection power would be manifest here today, Lord. That it would be realized in our lives for your glory and for our good. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, some of you may not know, I, uh, probably most of you do, I lived in Hungary for 10 years as a missionary and a pastor. And uh, during the years that I was a missionary and pastor in Hungary, one of the ministries that I did was that I would go to a local elementary school and I would teach religious education classes. And it was a really great thing. It was something I loved doing. The school invited me in as a pastor and I just got to teach the kids the gospel. What a great job, right? And most of the kids who went to this school were, were very poor, and most of them knew little to nothing at all about God or about the Bible. So any time I would tell them anything, uh, even the most basic biblical truth, they would just soak it up like little sponges because for them, it was totally new and exciting. Just think about what that, is, that would be like to hear the good news of the gospel for the first time in your life. It was it was a great thing to be part of. These kids were just captivated by it. And, uh, and one year I spent a lot of time teaching them about the events of Holy Week. You know how Jesus entered into the city of Jerusalem as the Prince of Peace and declared himself to be the Messiah. And I explained to them what all that means. And then, you know, the further events that he went into the temple and he cleansed it. And then he had the Last Supper with his disciples and he instituted the practice of, of the Lord's Supper. And, and then he was arrested, and he was beaten, and finally crucified on the cross of Calvary. As God's word says, that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So our sins could be forgiven, so we could be reconciled to the Father. And it was so great to see that these kids got it. You know, I was explaining the message of the cross to them, and they, they got it. And... Uh, they understood the purpose, the power of the cross. And so then, of course, after that, we started talking about Easter and the resurrection. And one of the kids, you know, raised his hand and he says, well, if the cross was so important and uh, if the reason Jesus came was to die on the cross in our place as a sacrifice for our sins, well, then why did he have to rise from the dead? Didn't he finish what he came to do? What was, then was the purpose of the resurrection? And if you think that's a pretty good question, really. Have you ever wondered about that? Have you ever been curious? 
Now, I feel like in general, as Christians, we place a great emphasis on the importance of the cross of Christ, and rightly so. But we must see that the resurrection of Christ is equally important and essential to our faith. You can't have one without the other. You can't have the cross without the resurrection. You can't have the resurrection without the suffering and death of Jesus on the cross. They're intimately connected. They're interdependent and they're equally important. Interestingly, if you look at the writings of the earliest Christians, what we see is that for them, the resurrection of Jesus was one one aspect of the gospel that they emphasized perhaps the most. Whenever they preached the gospel in the book of Acts, we always read that they preached the resurrection. In Acts chapter 4, we read about how they proclaimed the gospel in the early church, and it says this, with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. We even read in the book of Acts that when the early church was under attack, They said that they were under attack. Why? Because of their belief, their conviction that Jesus Christ had been risen from the dead. So for them, for those early Christians, the resurrection of Jesus was the central issue of the gospel. For them, there there was no gospel without the resurrection. So going back to what that young boy asked me in that school, what do you think? What would you say to that group of children if they asked you that question? Why? Is the resurrection important? What did Jesus accomplish by rising from the dead on the third day? So today I'd like to just lay out three reasons why it is so incredibly, profoundly significant and important that Jesus rose from the dead. And I pray that as I do that, that your hearts would be filled with the sense of awe and thanksgiving to God who loved you so much that he sent his only son not only to die for you, but to raise from the dead for you. So what is the power and the purpose of the resurrection? Number one, Jesus' resurrection from the dead definitively proved that Jesus was who he claimed to be. I'll say that again. Jesus' resurrection from the dead definitively proved that Jesus was who he claimed to be. Now let's think about the person of Jesus, just as a historical figure for a second. Jesus was born about 2,000 years ago in a small rural town in the Middle East. He grew up in a dusty rural town called Nazareth, which uh, I don't know if you speak Hebrew very well, but, but it actually means Pueblo, Colorado, and the word Nazareth. <laughs> and uh, in other words, it's not the kind of place where you would expect God to show up, if you know what I mean. And uh, Jesus' mother was a teenage girl, really. His father was a physical laborer. He was a carpenter. Jesus grew up in a very simple way. His parents did not have a lot of money. Jesus never wrote a book. He never had a child. He never owned a home. He never ran for political office. He never owned a business. He was never rich. For the first few years of his life, Jesus was a refugee. And for the last few years of his life, Jesus was essentially homeless. In his whole life, Jesus never traveled more than 200 miles from his home. The first 30 years of his life, he worked a normal job. And it was really the only the last three years of his life that he spent in public ministry, teaching about the kingdom of God, healing the sick, and performing miracles. Three years. But today, this man, Jesus, he is the most important, most significant, most influential person 
who has ever lived in all of history. He brought such a change about in the world that we divide history based on before him and after him. More books have been written about him than about any other person who ever lived. More songs have been sung to him and about him than any other person who ever lived. More people have gone out and changed the world in a positive way in his name than in the name of anyone else who ever lived. And today, on Easter Sunday, multiple billions of people around the world are gathering as we are today to celebrate his resurrection and to worship him as God. So the question we have to ask is, what is it about this man that makes him so special? that makes him so different? Why should we follow him and not someone else? Why should we worship him and not someone else? Why should we devote our lives to him and not someone else? In John chapter 14, verses 10 and 11, Jesus himself said that if we have questions about him, that we should listen to his teachings. And if we don't believe his teachings, then we should look to his works to verify them. Now, Jesus made a lot of pretty serious claims about himself. He claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed to be the Messiah. He claimed to be, in fact, the one and only way to God. And he even claimed to be God himself come down from heaven in human form. Now, these are the kinds of claims that if I were to make them, then they would lock me up in the psych ward and throw away the key. Right? And these, these are the kinds of claims that Jesus made. And in fact, they, they, of course they would upset people today. And they upset people very much in Jesus' time as well. In fact, it's partly because of these radical claims that Jesus made that he was eventually put to death. Because some people didn't like these claims that he was making about himself. And we read that there were people who came to Jesus with the attitude, and, and understandably so, the attitude of, what proof can you give us that these things are actually true? What proof can you give us that you are who you claim to be? And Jesus told them two things essentially, but they're really one thing. Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 12, he said, I will give you one sign that I am who I claim to be to verify my claims about myself. He said, just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for, or the fish for three days, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days. And Jesus told them in another place, he said, I will give you one sign, tear down this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. So Jesus told people what to look for. He told them that there would be one thing he would do to prove definitively whether or not he was who he claimed to be, the Messiah, God in human flesh, the one and only way to the Father. He said he would be risen on the third day after he died. That means that Jesus' resurrection is very important because it is the definitive proof that Jesus is who he said he was. The resurrection means that Jesus is more than just another good man or great teacher who lived and then died like the rest. He is worthy of our praise and worthy of our faith. The second thing regarding the proof or sorry, the power and the purpose of the resurrection. Number two, Jesus' resurrection means that we have the opportunity to be born again. Jesus' resurrection means we have the opportunity to be born again. God's word says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is what Jesus 
accomplished for you through the resurrection. He gave you the opportunity to be born again to a living hope. Now this idea of being born again, it's something that the Bible speaks a lot about and uses different terms to describe. You know, it uses such terms as receiving a a new heart, becoming a new creation, being made alive in Christ. Now the exact phrase, being born again, that's something which Jesus himself used. Jesus said to Nicodemus, a, a moral, religious man who was very respected in his community, He told him, Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And there are a lot of people out there like Nicodemus, I think even in our culture, especially in America. People who are moral people, good neighbors, good people, so to say. But Jesus told Nicodemus, this man who was in good standing in his community, he told him, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. And this is the message of the living Jesus to all people. You must be born again. Not everyone else other than you. Not just the drunks and the criminals and the immoral people. But you. You need to be born again through faith in Jesus. Faith that he died in your place to reconcile you to God. Imputing his righteousness to you and imputing your sin to him. Faith that he rose from the dead to give you the hope and promise of eternal life. We are born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Living hope is the assurance that just as Jesus rose from the dead, so too you and I will also rise with him on that last day. God's word says that Jesus is the firstborn of those who have risen from the dead. That means that just as Jesus was raised up by God from the dead on the third day, so also he will raise us up with him on that final and last day. Those of us who have put our faith in him as our Lord and Savior. Jesus declared, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. But being born again to a living hope, it's not only hope for eternal life. You need to see that. Not only hope for life after our time here on earth is over, but being born again to a living hope is something which very much impacts our lives here and now. When you're born again, just think about all that happens. Becoming a new creation, being raised up to new life in Christ. You not only receive a living hope eternally, but you also receive a new heart. The very essence of who you are changes. You receive a new heart and that translates into new desires. You receive a new identity. Who you are fundamentally changes. You receive an identity as a child of God. You receive a new mind. The way you think begins to change as your mind is renewed and made clear by the word of God. You receive new emotions. You begin to feel differently as you're born again. God pours his love and joy and peace into your heart. You receive a new community, the fellowship of those who have been redeemed and transformed by the Spirit of God. And you receive a new power, power over sin, freedom from bondage to depravity, to our flesh. And that brings us now to our third point about what the resurrection Accomplish the power and the purpose of the resurrection. Number three, Jesus' resurrection served as proof of the power of God. 
Jesus' resurrection served as proof of the power of God that in Christ, God has broken the power of sin, death, and the devil. If you remember back to the Garden of Eden, back to the beginning of God's word, when God told Adam and Eve not to eat that forbidden fruit, what did he tell them? He said, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And so they rebelled against God. You know the story. And they ate that fruit. And although they didn't die in that moment, through their actions, sin entered the world and through sin, death entered the world. Romans 5 verse 12 says that just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. The world since that time has been living under this curse of sin that causes death and destruction and ruin and all of creation awaits and longs for that time when we will be redeemed, when we will be set free from this curse of sin and death. And that's why it's so significant that in this greatest act of redemption, God in Christ broke the power of the curse of sin. And the ultimate proof of that was that Jesus rose from the dead, conquering sin and death. And check this out. God's word tells us this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. I love this. I hope that you can grasp this and wrap your heads around it. That it says this, that God's power towards us who believe is immeasurably great. In fact, God's power towards us who believe is the same power that he worked when he rose Christ from the dead. That means that this life-giving power of God that is greater than death itself, this same power that raised Christ from the dead and broke the power of sin, that is the power of God that he actively works in your life and my life as well. And my prayer for us today is that that resurrection power would be manifested in our lives. And that God would tear down the work and the strongholds of the enemy in my life and in your life today. That the power of God would just break the power of sin in our lives and bring life where there has been death, where there has been barrenness, and where there has been destruction, new life would be born. That is the living hope we have as a result of the resurrection of Jesus. Again, my prayer for us today is that we would not only know in our heads why the resurrection of Jesus was so important, but that we would experience it personally and practically in our lives. And that for each of us here, Easter would not just be a holiday that we celebrate once a year, but that we would experience personally the miracle of Easter, that life-giving death defeating resurrection power of God in our lives and that we would truly be born again and set free and restored to new and abundant life in Jesus by the power of the resurrection. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and ask God to do that in our lives today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are who you claim to be. Lord, we thank you that you proved it definitively by rising for us from the dead. And Jesus, we thank you that you're not just another good man who lived and then died, but thank you, Lord, that you are the Savior. You are a Redeemer. You are God. You rescued us from the curse of sin and death. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that by your resurrection, you've caused us to be born again to a living hope. I thank you, Jesus, that although these bodies of flesh we have are wasting away, we have the promise of eternal life in you 
And Lord, I pray for anyone in here who doesn't have that hope, that living hope of eternal life, who hasn't yet given themselves over to you and surrendered to you and asked you to be the Lord of their life. Lord, I pray that you would work that work of redemption and salvation in their life today. Lord, anything that's holding them back, Lord, I pray that you would take that away and let them freely come to you today. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that by your resurrection, you proved that you have defeated sin, death, and the devil. And Lord, I ask that you would destroy and, uh, and let that be manifest in our lives today. Destroy the power of Satan, Lord, where there has been destruction, Lord. Bring about new life. Bring about, uh, rebuild those things that have been torn down for your glory and for the good of your people. In Jesus' name, amen.